During the crash down, I started making poor choices. I started drinking a lot more. I started doing anything I could to numb the pain because I just had a major loss. And I was doing whatever it took to just separate me from it because I wouldn't confront it. I wouldn't face it. I didn't want to look in the mirror. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Today, I have with me Joe Wonkelman. He's a uh, retired Army, 17 years in the Army as a forward observer. And if you don't know what that is, you're probably going to find out in this interview. Uh, he spent four tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, so he's seen some things. But uh, he is also now the COO of Bone Frog Coffee, which uh, happens to be a sponsor of the big event in Montana coming up in September, which you all know because I'm talking about it nonstop. I want you to come. I want you to come and grow with us, do challenging things with us. And the more I research into Bone Frog Coffee, the more I realize there's a real aligned mission and they're an absolute perfect partner for what we're doing this year and moving forward. So uh, I'm super excited. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Lucky to be here. Ah, I appreciate it, man. Um, I was, you and I were talking beforehand and doing my, my research and reading the quotes and the things you sent me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> we're going to have gonna a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, so, your mission is right there with mine. And, and I'm so thankful to just have the opportunity to be on this show with you. So appreciate it, brother. That means a lot. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting journey and you never know who's listening, but it, yeah. you know, as well as I know, when you're putting good things out there, uh, it, it, it circles back around. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I was kind of just reading some of the quotes you sent me and the things that you sent me. And I'm like, we, we could probably talk for hours, but I'm, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little fascinated with, uh, the armed services. I, yeah. I, I personally did not do it. I, it was not, my dad was in the reserve, I think army reserves. He never talked to me much about it. And I wasn't intrigued with it later in my life. I'm like, I wish I would have done that. But everybody I've known who's, who served is like, no, you're, you're, you don't wish you would have done that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> but there's absolutely a camaraderie and a, and a, and a, you know, there's something to it that I know that I've been searching for, which is kind of why brotherhood of fatherhood exists in the first place, um, in its own right. So man, yeah, 17 years. Let's talk about how you let's let's just talk about Joe a little bit yeah. <laughs> about how, what led you to go into the army, which you shared a little bit with me already. But I'd yeah. love to kind of hear that story, you know, so I come from a very patriotic family uh, in uh, northern Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado. And with that, my grandfather uh, was a B-24 pilot in World War Two. And, uh, you know, his legend, his his stories always resonated me with the first model I ever made was of a B-24. And so to be a pilot was was something uh, um, just to be in the military was something the family really respected. And so, you know, growing up, um, I wish I could have said I was the star athlete. I wish I could say, you know, I was the cool kid and all that stuff. But uh, but due to some some challenges my my parents faced, they split when I was three. Um, due to some some challenges I struggled with because of that, not really understanding myself, not understanding the world around me. Um, I, I didn't have the pretty school uh, experience, and I 
I struggled to to find myself, to find to to be able to I I just struggled with me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was a senior in high school. Uh, I didn't like school. I, I struggled. I didn't learn how to read until I was like in sixth, seventh grade right there. And when I mean read, this is like cat in the hat, one fish, two fish, um, later found out after man, I think I was 37 that I I'm dyslexic. And, uh, so that was kind of something that I, I was faced with. Uh, so I was known as the kind of the, the, not a, not smart kid the stupid kid of school. Uh, and so I had the choice of joining the military or, you know, in my head, living under a bridge. It's kind of the <laughs> conversation I was having at my with myself because I couldn't stay at home at that point. And so I joined the military uh, because they accepted me. And it was, I graduated with like a 1.9 GPA uh, and was thrown into a world that I didn't understand. I mean, Colorado is a beautiful state, but it's landlocked and it's 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 not as as you know, it was a new world going into this uh this military where I'm going to be traveling around and 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 meeting all kinds of people from all different places and and it was a shell I mean, I was shell shocked. Basic training, holy cow. That was a unique experience. Um but with that, what I learned in the military, what I learned is, is I can with effort, with, 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 you know, with a plan, with a vision, with, with a, a, a grit, you can get, you can persevere. And so I really started to gain my feet, my understanding of who I was. Now, this is a slow process. It didn't happen overnight, but I actually was able to really start to figure out who I was with all of these victories. I started with basic training and then AIT as a, a forward observer, um, which if anybody doesn't know, they're the the two three-man teams that go in front of the, the forward line of troops and start calling in the artillery, the, uh, the, the helicopters, the Air Force, uh, because the whole goal is to, to redefine the um, structure of the enemy forces before they ever get to the infantry. Um, and so, you know, I, I went through airborne school, which, uh, you know, interesting fact is, is I was, you know, I still kind of am scared of heights. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm jumping out of planes, uh, did aerosol school. I actually really proceeded to, to, because of my, and I, I my, my unwillingness to quit and, and this, this kind of comes back to two things. Um, one is, is, you know in high school when I was struggling and, and I didn't understand things. My dad took me on a, a rock march, a backpacking trip into the hills of Montana, Bob Marshall. And within five miles, I was whining. I was complaining. I didn't want to be here. I wanted to go back to my Game Boy and my, my cozy comforts and my, my, my easier, you know, you know, life, the comfort parts of, of life. Uh, but my dad sat me down and, uh, he looked me in the, the the face and we had one of those real conversations where he's like, Joe, sometimes you just have to put one foot in front of the other. You might not know where you're going, but you're going to get somewhere. And that's kind of what my military experience was at the beginning is, you know, if I signed up, I had to go through with it. Um, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to quit. And so I got to experience a lot of incredible things. And it really came to a culmination where I, I found out there's a different, you know, that, that 
that I can do it when I uh, applied for flight school and got accepted and ultimately became an Apache pilot uh, and ended up spending 11 years, 11 plus years uh, flying uh, missions, um, both in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, in some of the more interesting uh, situations that this that, that 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 occurred in the war on terrorism and wow. so yeah yeah uh it's you know for whoever's listening the thing is is that you can it's a a determination to not let the world define who you are and realize that you know there's a way to connect the dots there's a way to get there um Another quote that I live my life by is, uh, and this is probably the one that I, I love the most because it was inspired by Michelangelo. Then I changed it for myself, but uh, it's the human atrocity is not those who shoot for the stars and fall short, but those who shoot for the top of a hill and achieve it. Don't limit yourself. Go after it. You know, those big dreams that you say are impossible aren't impossible. We got a person on the moon. We, 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 we're getting, you know, we're, we're in the process of getting people to Mars and you can say it's special people who do that, but no, it's you, it's me. It's, 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 it's what I, it's what I embrace. It's what I live every day. And it started with the Apache really for me, because that's when I realized dreams do come true. And I was able to follow in the footsteps of my grandfather. I was able to become that pilot and, uh, and lead missions and, and and help the the men and women on the ground come home to their families. And so, you know, a lot more to talk about. I'm sure there's a lot more questions, but that's that's kind of the gist of me. I live my life with the idea of today is gonna be better than yesterday. Yeah. So let's persevere. Whatever I'm facing, whatever challenges, I'm gonna get through it. We're gonna find a way. And uh, I'm excited for what happens tomorrow because I'm living my best today. Yeah, I mean, we have so much uh, in common in the way that we have an outlook and things. Now, not, not to say it's perfect every day. I mean, it's almost like a reset for me every single morning. I'm, I wake up and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of daunting things in front of me. And, you know, and then as you proceed through the day, my brain starts to get, you know, I've, I've put some things into place where I know, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm mentally focused and I know I can do the things I need to do. But you a real big struggle in my life. And I, I wasn't again in the military, but I really struggled with identity when things changed for me. I mean, for me, oh, it was yeah. a bit, I, I sold a business and it completely changed who yeah. I thought I was and, and really realizing that <laughs> I wasn't yeah. a business owner. I was much more than what I was doing for a living. I'm sure that's a part of your story. I'm guessing it's a part of your story coming out of the army and you kind of mentioned it and you kind of talked a little bit about your marriage um, yeah. So I'd like to dig into that about your journey through, you know, kind of the identity and like what you went through. Yeah. Um, getting out of the military. So imagine, you know, I, I, I struggled in school. I finally get it. I get into the Apache and I just I became the Apache. That was my identity. I finally had, you know, I felt valued. I felt important. I felt you know, respected. Um, I was doing something rare. I, you know, I'd go to air shows and sign autographs and, and, and do those things. Um, and then when I, uh, ultimately I, I did have, uh, 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 acute, uh, kidney failure, which 
the army doesn't quite like people whose kidneys aren't functioning at a hundred percent flying 45 million dollar helicopters they uh, gave me the option to ride a desk or get out and i couldn't imagine myself sitting behind a desk and so i chose to get out um and getting out was the hardest mission i've ever been on i i, I mean to go through and lose yourself lose everything that you've constructed in your head as you it's it shakes you to the core uh and i mean it took me maybe four or five years to rebuild from that i'm still rebuilding from it in some ways uh but during the crash down i started making poor choices mm. i started drinking a lot more i started i started doing anything i could to numb the pain because I just had a major loss and, and I was doing whatever it took to just separate me from it. Um, because I wouldn't confront it. I wouldn't face it. I, 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 I didn't want to look in the mirror. Um, and so I adapt, I adopted a lot of abnormal coping skills and those abnormal coping skills didn't solve the problem. They didn't solve, well, they didn't do anything except for, delay and and um increase the impact when i ultimately had to look at it and you know unfortunately i became extremely desperate i became um i became something i i i, I look back on and i'm just i'm sad mm. because uh ultimately you know, July 6, 2016, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And I wanted to quit. Uh, I felt worthless. I felt hopeless. I felt insignificant. I felt like I didn't belong in the civilian world. I mean, you want to talk about a foreign country operating in the civilian world is, you know, transitioning to the civilian world is, is just as foreign as operating in Afghanistan or Iraq. Only difference is, is we speak the same language and when you're operating over there, it, you have a language barrier. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, I attempted suicide. Um, wow. I was, uh, I was done. Um, thank God I failed, uh, because when I woke up and, and realized, you know, I was sitting on the bed and it was a. It was just a moment of, of, I don't know if it's clarity or, or, or what, but I just sat there questioning is like, why isn't my brain working? Where did I go wrong? This isn't what I dreamed of when I was five. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't where I wanted to be when I was thinking about, you know, who I wanted to become, you know, and, and, and it was one of those. Uh, not it was just it was a moment of really where I just faced it I was like okay what happened why am I here because this is not what I intended mm. and this is not what I want and I'm not doing this again I'm not going through this I'm not going to continue to try to solve a problem the same way hoping there's a different outcome and so I really started to invest my time in my in 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 understanding my brain, the wiring of my brain. Um, I, you know, it started off figuring out what triggered me, like, 
what are my trigger points? Uh, and, 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 you know, I can say, well, this person disrespected me, but really what I came to find out is my trigger points are when I'm belittled, when I'm diminished, when I'm abandoned, when I'm, 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 uh, um, embarrassed. Um, and, and I started putting these lists of, of different things that when an action happened, I felt this way. And so then I would respond with, uh, my, uh, an abnormal coping skill that I was, you know, my temper. Uh, and, and my temper was one of the biggest things that I had to figure out where that came from. Um, and so I started a, a, an interesting journey into my head because um, I had to start going back, like, when did I start adopting these abnormal coping skills? You know, why did I adopt them? Because these, you know, drinking, you know, drinking in excess doesn't bring anything good to the family. And, 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 and and it doesn't bring, you know, uh, a positive, you know, situation. It just numbs me. It just, it, it, it actually typically hurts me more because I feel horrible the next day. Might feel good for the moment, but the next day sucks. Um, and so I then started going back in my past. Well, where'd my temper come from? And I'd ask myself, did I have my temper when I was 34? Yeah, I remember this moment, you know, my my uh you know my ex and i having a situation where i didn't respond well i i i let my voice become way too much um i instead of trying to find a positive way through the scenario i i used words that hurt mm -hmm. um and and i can justify everything you know in that moment oh i justify she hurt me she you know this all yeah no that's all a lie if you're trying to justify your actions and yet you're seeing the person you love on the other side, you know, in tears, or you're seeing your children, you know, uh, 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 hesitant to come to you. That don't, you don't justify that. That's there's something up. That's an abnormal coping skill. There's something not. There, there, there's you're you're choosing to to handle situations in a way that's not healthy. And so you know, I continue this process, and I I stopped always. You know, everything I I did. You know, I well. In high school, I wasn't the aggressive type. I was actually very passive um, because of the kind of the home I grew up in. Uh, but, you know, I still had a temper because I was angry at myself all the time. And and then, you know, I, I always ended up, you know, hitting a three-year-old memory, which was, you know, kind of my first trauma in life um, when my parents uh, separated and and the anger and the intensity of that moment for me and how it really caused me to reel because that's when i started my first abnormal coping skills of biting my fingernails mm. you know and 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 that's when i really became a shell of myself um and you know in this process of examining all these moments and in and examining myself my life really going to the root cause I had to determine is, do I still want to continue to solve my problems from that three-year-old perspective who was hurt, who was, who was, who was, you know, challenged with that? Or do I want to start learning how to adopt normal coping skills and start applying those to my life? Because I want to create friendships. I want to create good, healthy, uh, stable relationships with my kids. I want to, I want to have, you know, patience and kindness and love and 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 not be jealous and not be this hyper competitive person that i adopted um 
all because really I just, you know, ultimately wanted to be loved by my parents. I, I wanted to matter. And, you know, this is a couple of years back that I'm going through this. And so it's all still kind of playing out. But I decided that that I had to go. I had to figure out how to handle things. You know, when somebody belittles me, what's going on? You know, why are why are they using an abnormal coping skill? Is it is it is it, you know, valid? Is it valid to really belittle somebody? Or is there a way to actually say, hey, I'm challenged with what you just did. You know, I, I'm sure that you have the good intentions. I'm sure you're not maliciously trying to hurt me. But to be honest with the way you 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 <laughs> the way we're approaching this, it's not helping me, you know, solve this, you know, this situation. It's not helping you solve this situation. So we can either decide to try to solve it together, or maybe we just need to, you know, take a time out and 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 you know determine how we're gonna do this later on. Um, and so I really started working on that. And uh that's not easy because you're reprogramming, you're re you're literally reprogramming your brain, rewiring it, because you're having to break all your old habits, all your neuro pathways that you know that electric signals just screaming down, and you have to start rewiring it in a different way. And that's through repetition, that's through visualization, that's through that's through, you know, I didn't handle this situation correctly. So how do, would I like to handle it? And really reflecting on you, gaining that self-awareness. Um, and, you know, that was the first step. Uh, I threw myself into college when I got out. Uh, yeah, it was it was college was a huge thing for my family. Like, you know, military was super big, very patriotic family. But college was that step up because it's what my dad never accomplished. And so college was the thing. And so not being the, the as smart as I wanted to be in high school, that was a huge challenge between my dad and I. Um, and so I threw myself into college and actually just graduated with my uh, degree in marketing and entrepreneurship uh, uh, last June, a couple months right ago. Congratulations, yeah. man. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about college because uh, yeah. if anybody's been listening, they know my son has decided not to go to college right now. I think I was the first out. There was one in my family before me that had gotten a college degree. I have a master's degree. I was the first in the whole lineage to get a master's degree. I don't yeah. use it. I I'm, I learned a massive amount of skills from it. I I was a teacher for 13 years, but um, so there's a lot of conversation about this. But what I love about it was, you know, it was for you. It sounds to me like you did it for you, mm -hmm. especially my dad had dyslex has dyslexia really bad. He's very mm -hmm. dyslexic. Oh, yeah. He talks a lot about that and the struggles. Um, but I want to go back to the trigger points mm -hmm. when you were reading off or not reading, just reciting your trigger points. I'm like, yeah, check, 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 oh, yeah. check. But the thing is, is working with men, talking to a lot of men, I'm realizing we all have really similar trigger points. You yeah. know? And, and what are the responses? It's usually escape, anger, numbing. Yep. And yep. Um, my friend, Kurt Storing talks a lot, a lot about this. He talks about creating space. And I think yep. you kind of nailed it on the head. Something happens. I need to, to create this space where I reflect and understand, okay, why am I responding this way? And what's the most appropriate way to respond? So really glad you ta talked about that. This episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is brought to you by Direct Hemp. Direct Hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and 
all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better. We're waking up more refreshed. We're falling asleep faster. We're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is. And these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery. It reduces stress. It reduces inflammation. It improves memory and aids in weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through Direct Hemp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy. I mean, I still work with this today. Every every yeah. day is something happens. What Same. is your coping? What, what are the skills that you use in that situation? Depends on how escalated the crisis is going to get, you know, and, and I had to create something like, you know, if it's, you know, that initial thing where I, I feel a little buzzed and, and it is, it's almost like I get a, a tingling sensation or, or a flash of something. It's like, okay, I don't need to react, mm. you know? And, and, and so that's like, I'll take a deep breath. Uh, so I use breathing a lot of like Navy seal breathing, you know, uh, four count breathing, box breathing, yeah, I think is what breathing. they call it. Yep. yep. yep um so i'll do that uh if it goes further than that and that you know there's a, an, another statement or i i don't maintain myself and i respond then it's a i'll take a step back because i don't want to go towards the situation because if i'm going towards it then that means i'm getting aggressive and so i'll take a step back um it, another thing that i learned from uh dialect behavioral therapy is you know different uh mnemonics that i can recite um and then uh, ultimately, you know, if it's really getting bad, it's like, okay, Joe, is this really a situation you want to be in? Because you know where it's going to go and you know how these type of situations respond. I need to take a timeout. And so I'll, I'll tell myself timeout and I'll just leave the room. I'll leave the, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, you know, and I don't just leave, you know, slam the door or anything like that. It's like, okay. I need to take a time out right now. I need to regather myself because I want to handle this situation in a healthy way. And I, I make sure to always state that that's my goal is I want this handled in a healthy way. Um, and, and so I, I will tell that to whoever I'm talking to, and then I will go in my office. I'll put on some music. I love Andre Bolicelli. So I, I put on like something very beautiful, something calming, um, and uh and really try to just you know breathe it out if it goes past that then i'll grab an ice cube and that that cold uh put cold water on your face uh ice cubes in your hands those type of things that will actually cause your you'll have a physical reaction uh which will cause uh your body to respond which will take all that cortisol and all that adrenaline and kind of cause it to dissipate a little bit and then i'll take a time out after that um and it's it's one of those things where you know i'm practicing it every day uh because i can get upset about anything i can get upset about you know 
the way the leaves on the on the tree aren't you know blowing in the wind or i mean and that's just random as heck but <laughs> but you know i mean i i have a choice and it's do i want to have other people control me or do i want to be in control of myself because if i allow their responses if i allow their actions if i allow their abnormal coping skills to trigger me then i'm giving them power over me 100% and for me I want to be a good person. I want to be a problem solver. I want to be a person that loves, that's kind, that's, like I said, patient, that recognizes that life isn't easy. Life's a struggle. We're all fighting through it. Um, we all have our, we, we, we all have different ways of describing our traumas, our trials, our challenges. But at the same time, our bodies are going through our, our bodies are responding very similarly with the cortisol, with the adrenaline, with the, the aggression, with, with all these things. And I don't want to give that. I don't want to give, I, I want to be better than that. I want to be, I want to be somebody who can persevere through my programming to become somebody better, to become somebody who can link arms with those who are struggling, those who are dwelling in darkness and help them take step forward because you know you were right when you said uh most people are saying don't join the military um the military is incredible it has an incredible bonding experience those bonds come from the most challenging times because you have to get through them together and so that's great but those challenging times I'll tell you what especially when it comes to war it's inhumane you see things you go through things that you just question how humanity can justify that and and it impacts you because you 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 have memories you can never get rid of and and they're there you have friends you don't get to see anymore you know um you have civilians living in fear and you have humans acting against humans in some of the most atrocious ways and we can justify we can justify it i mean 9 11 happened that's not cool you know we had to do something because we don't ever want that to happen on american soil again i fully fully understand that but at the same time my question is, is what was the sequence of events that led to a person justifying that horrific action? What traumas did they go through? What abnormal coping skills did they, you know, um, adopt so that they could say, hey, you know, killing thousands of people is OK. Um, and that's, you know, that's the challenge. And so I want to be a person that brings hope to tomorrow and for me hope lies in perseverance because if you don't persevere through your struggle then you're defined by your struggle that struggle then becomes who you are and that's your limit if you don't persevere through it then that's what you bring to the table and i don't want to bring my struggles to the table anymore i want america to be better i want us to see each other as humans where we link arms together and you've persevered through things that I might be struggling. And I would be humbled if you would link arms with me and help me walk through that darkness.
Maybe I've persevered through things you're struggling with, you know, and I want to link arms with you. And the reality is, is that we allow our experiences to help us navigate to a better tomorrow rather than our abnormal coping skills and our, our ability to justify why I'm right and you're wrong, you know? And so it's, it's the philosophy I bring when I'm helping people. It's the philosophy I bring when I was going through, you know, my classes and, and, <laughs> and being dyslexic in college at the university of Washington is not easy. Um, but with that, it's, it's what I brought. It's, it's, you know, everything that we face is like, okay, this is a challenge. We can be defined by it or we can persevere through it and we can gain a better understanding of what we're able to be. Because if you persevere, I mean, if you really think about it, you can persevere through anything. And I can state that because, you know, Viktor Frankl's man's search for meaning, he was able to get through the Holocaust. How? <laughs> that, that's, that, you know, I, I, I can't even comprehend the gravity of what he went through. But for him to be able to write that book, he had to persevere through a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's what, how, how deep are you willing to go? How deep are you willing to go to have a conversation with somebody you might disagree with or someone who hurt you? How deep are you willing to go and persevere through that moment where somebody, somebody completely egregiously wronged you and you have every right to be mad, but you decide to forgive because you recognized that their symptoms are what hurt you. So what's the root cause in their life? And that's ultimately what I had to do with my dad. You know, my, I love my dad. Great man. I, I truly do. Like I said, my dad spent his life helping kids with spinal bifida, cerebral palsy stand. Uh, and, and he was so gentle and so tender with them. And, and, and he's just an incredible human for, you know, putting that as his life work. Um, but he, him and I struggled because uh, he had to grow up. And, and, and I was, you know, he was young when he had me. Um, but then I realized, you know, the challenges that him and I faced, they came from somewhere. And so I started researching his past and my grandfather was a B-24 pilot, got shot down from what I understand, uh, shot down, not the, 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 the wings split, you know, doing those type of things into the, no, but the hard landings where you're basically bellying the, the aircraft into the, into the ground because, you know, the wheels aren't coming down or, or something. But, you know, I, I heard like six times, Wow. Uh, I have a map with his co-pilots, uh, uh, blood in it as he's trying to, you know, it's the silk maps and he's trying to, trying to save him. And so I know he went through a lot. And, uh, when he came home, it was really challenging and, and he took it out on my dad. And, you know, unfortunately my grandfather committed suicide when my dad was 12, uh, cause he couldn't handle it anymore. And I can relate to both sides now because I remember what my dad, when I was three, the challenges I went through, but I also remember when I came home from war, when I came home in, in 04, 05, you know, 08, 09, you know, and, and two, well, 2011 wasn't 2011. We were kind of shutting down Iraq, but, uh, then 2014 was my Afghanistan tour. And I remember not being able to fully comprehend everything I just went through and how alcohol and parties and, 
and how I was running 24 seven, 365 to get away from myself and all the memories I had. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I challenge anybody, you know, to, to, to make today better than yesterday, whatever it is, start with that victory. If it's making your bed, do it. If it's working out, do it. Don't push it till tomorrow because tomorrow will never come because you'll always say tomorrow, do it today. Fight for yourself. That's our, that's what we call the hundred percent principle, which is, yeah. I mean, this thing, it's just, you know, wording, but literally, you know, define what your hundred percent for success in each area of your life is for that day and shoot for that. And then go above it. 1% better every day. You're going to be so much more amazing in a year than you can even imagine. But I, I want to share with you something because, um, a, a large part of my audience is very acute to the story. Uh, one of my very first guests was a very dear friend of mine, Eric LeClaire. And uh, I received a, uh, a suicide text from him seven months ago. Uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, he was successful. And a lot of what you talk about, man, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough sitting here, but I cannot think but be... And, and, and I cannot, it's, it's incredibly important and amazing that there's men like you who've actually gone through this and lived through it because I think that's where the impact starts to be because just you telling that story starts to shed a light a little bit on um, the coping and the, the things that were seen when he was a part of the army and then the things that he was going through. And unfortunately, I'm not, you know, his... Some people will define him by, you know, his challenge, his end challenge. That's definitely not what I'm defining him as, but I really thank you for opening up and sharing that story for, for all of us who've been impacted. Um, it means a lot, but on the other end, it's like a life goal of mine for other people to not be like I was about soldier suicide, PTSD, and all these things that are occurring is we just don't know. And I was kind of like, yeah, it's horrible. It's this thing over here, but I, I, uh, I just want everyone to kind of try and personalize it because there's somebody in their lives that are, is, or has been affected by it. And I think you sharing is a, is an, is such an important thing. So thank you for that. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, you know, let's, let's bring it a little closer home though. We're living in unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. We had something that was hunting us and we didn't know if, if we were going to survive or not. We were told to isolate and, and live in, in, in an environment that we really weren't familiar with, aka our homes all the time. Um, we went through a lot, you know, and we're watching news headlines and we're, 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 we're seeing friends. I mean, I, I had friends that, that unfortunately passed from this pandemic. And when people would ask me, you know, how are you handling a pandemic? I'd be like, well, this reminds me of my fifth deployment. And that's what I would do. And, and, and I don't say that, you know, lightly because it's hard. And as we're coming out of this pandemic, a lot of us have created abnormal coping skills to survive it. We're, we're sitting, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of very emotional reactions. We're seeing people struggling. And this is where each of us, you know, we have to evaluate ourselves, but we also have to look to the left and right. Because when our buddies, you know, and, and, and let's be honest, 
I mean, one of my dear friends did was successful uh, uh, ending his life. And that day he asked if we wanted to go golfing, you know, and, 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 and I would never have guessed it. I never would have guessed it. And, uh, and, and we were just stunned when it happened. And, you know, and that's where we have to start really, instead of just being, you know, Hey, how you doing? You know, and doing that, that, that small talk, we have to ask the questions. Okay. Okay. bud, how are you really doing? Like, I get it. This hasn't been easy. You know, there's been a lot. We, we, we know what our friends are generally going through, but we ask and we really take an interest in who they are and where they are mentally, because the reality is, is that for us as a, as a community, for us as a state or a country to move forward, we have to care about that mental health of the person to the left and the person to the right of us, because we're in this together. And, you know, if we continue to just solely look at our own world and solely focus on our own successes and our own, you know, moving forward, which is great. I'm not saying don't do that, but let's expand our horizon and let's figure out a way to all rise together rather than just, you know, me being concerned with me accomplishing my dreams and my goals and making, you know, living in the yacht I want. Right. Um, and, and that's something that is dear to me because uh, we're in this together. You know, if we want to save the planet, we've got to do it as a team. If we want to, if we want to cure, you know, whatever, we've got to do it as a community. If we want to stop the division and we want to unify this country and turn it back into a place that has hope, opportunity, you know, we have to realize that that means each of us live our best each day and we do it not just for ourselves, but to be the person who perseveres through the challenge so that we can teach somebody in the next generation how they can pioneer and persevere through their challenges. And we start teaching people how to hope again. And we start teaching people how to how to take steps forward, even when it seems so daunting that you don't know how you're going to do it. You know, it's 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 that that will save America. It's that that will 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 save humanity. It's that which will save our planet. And it's that has to happen at each house. It has to happen in each community. And and it's that where we see progress, in my opinion. And so, yeah. I mean, you addressed so many things there, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and no doubt, Eric, the, the pandemic was part of what was going on as well as, you know, the things that happened in Afghanistan, it was right after that. Of course, that was really, really hard for him. And yeah. um, I think Afghanistan was really hard. Yeah, there's, um, there's just so many lessons to be learned and there's so many things that uh, we can glean from all of these. And I'm, I'm, you are so passionate about it. It's so incredibly invigorating because, you know, even in my day, there's some hiccups with business and it's just like, how in the world am I going to get through this? And like, what is going to, is it everything going to fall apart? And then to, you gain some perspective. Well, wait a minute, this isn't really that bad. <laughs> and um, it's just really good to have that reminder 
So yeah. you, um, some other struggles in your life, uh, you, you did share that you have been divorced and, yeah. um, that was, that was a, maybe a, a kick in the teeth a little bit. Oh, it, it happened. Yeah. It, it's more than a kick in the teeth. Divorce is the hardest thing. I, you know, um, I got married extremely young, had a, my first son extremely young. Uh, I didn't even know who I was at that point in my life. And, you know, I got married for the wrong reasons. Mm. You know, I, I thought I loved her and, 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 and I, I honestly, I hope she's doing well, but I was a young male and I wanted to be loved. And so I thought the way to be loved is through marriage. But the thing that I realize is until I know who I am, until I recognize where I'm at and I can be comfortable in my own skin, I mean, my, the, the way I love is always going to be limited. Um, and it's not going to be that true patience. I wasn't patient. Uh, I was quick to temper. Um, I, I, I found myself challenged a lot and, and I had to recognize my contributions to the divorce. And that's where it really hurts because I'm not innocent. Uh, I contributed and the impact it's had on my kids that's where it hurts the most um because unfortunately they're gonna have to persevere in a lot of ways that i did i basically just recreated everything that that i was challenged with growing up and i put it on them and you know that hurts because the one thing I don't want, I want them to have a better life than me. I want them to enjoy a better tomorrow and have be able to reach for the stars even further than I can imagine. And and I want to give them everything that that I possibly can so that they can see that that they have the ability to hope. They have the ability to persevere. But sadly, I put a major challenge that I don't think they're fully aware of in their life that they're going to have to persevere through. And it took me 37 years to, well, not 37, 35 years to figure that out, you know, before I'd even address it. It took me 30, I wouldn't even, I mean, I'm 40 now. And so I'm still going through it and every day is a fight. Um, I would imagine they're in better shape just because they have your experiences to draw from. And and one thing I, I feel very strongly about is that the strongest people and the people who grow the most are, most are the ones who share and step into their own vulnerability through their failures, their mistakes. And you've, you've stepped straight right in the middle of the pile of vulnerability. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I believe strongly that that alone is going to lead to conversations with your kids like, hey, here's where I messed up. Yeah. And, and this is not about you. Those conversations can go so far. And this yeah. is, Joe, this is such a regular conversation for men in the group. And something I say often really kind of hits really hard and typically rubs guys the wrong way. And that's like, Hey, like if you're divorced, I'm asking you to take 100% responsibility. Yeah. And I want to hear what your response is to that because you know, Oh, I had a choice to react or not. And I chose to react. 
um, it's, it's one of those things that absolutely you have to take a hundred percent responsibility because it was your decision. You're the one who, who controls what you do and don't do. You're the one who, who determines if those words are going to leave your mouth or not. And you're the one who determines how you're going to respond to, to, to the other person's symptoms. Abnormal coping skills is what I call them. And it's a hundred percent you because you're the one who controls you, not them. This episode is brought to you by Dapper Guru. Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code BROTHERHOOD, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products. You should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go Place an order, place a small order, check it out, uh, and you will know why we use these products. Yeah, that, I was I was not sure how you were going to answer, but that is definitely the, the the point in which I come from. Is like, and you said something earlier that really struck a chord with me. And uh, a man that I find um, is full of wisdom. He he once said, Scott, um, your response is your responsibility. And it was really like, it hit me. I, I think about that all the time. Like no matter what happens on the exterior, mm-hmm. I can't control that. I can only control how I respond internally and I, and physiologically, which I use box breathing, the four count breathing, yep. and then some other things to stop that overhaul. Um, yep. I use a lot of the same things, but that's how we can control creating space. And, um, And so I'm really glad I'm really happy to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. You know, for me, I have a toolkit of things that I've gone through and, and it was always like, okay, you know, what's a new way that I can create a normal coping skill. So I handle this. And, and unfortunately this is after the divorce and, and everything. Um, and it is all about how can I add a new, something new to my life that is going to allow me to handle the crisis that I might face today, you know, from tapping uh, to, you know, I, I love to play golf when I'm frustrated, mm-hmm. not because I, you know, it's just, I get out and I get the walk and, and, and golf is, can be a frustrating sport, but, you know, find the things that you love to do that speak to you. Uh, waterfalls are another, that's a huge thing for me is, is if I need to re reset, you know, something happened, I might not have handled it the way I wanted to, um, you know, first thing is you have to be willing to reflect. And I always reflect from my perspective. I always reflect from their perspective and I always reflect from a third person's perspective and outside like an observer's perspective to see, okay, what are commonalities, you know, because, uh, you know, there were some things that I did that I never wanted to admit I did because it was like, oh, it's not that big. You know, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal. You know, my temper, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not that loud. I'm not, I'm not that aggressive. You know what I mean? And, and, and I could always minimize myself uh, or my actions because I could justify it. And so what I did is I, you know, that's another thing is I'd always look and like, okay, who's saying this besides me? Because I'm saying it's not a big deal, 
but my ex is definitely saying it's a big deal. My kids are saying it's a big deal. I've had some friends, you know, that have seen me kind of go and they're like, dude, what's going on? And so there's a truth somewhere else. And it's not just what I'm holding or justifying in myself. And so I had to be willing to look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, be willing to be honest with yourself. And that's hard to do. Trust me, I've heard a million people say that, but I never really understood what it was until I, I, I was, I, I just, I was willing to look at what they were pos- what they were saying. There's a, a guy up actually up in your area who wrote a book and talks about perceptual intelligence, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you're talking about here. In fact, he's a golfer, Eric Van Alstein, and yeah. I went through a training with him, and and it's all about okay here's the story you're seeing right? Mm-hmm. and here's the thing you're seeing now what is that other person seeing what's the lens they're seeing and then you 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 branch that out and when you practice those those things of this is how i see it now how might the person over to the side of me see it and how yeah. might that and all of a sudden you're like huh <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot more to this than i've internalized and i've processed at this point and yeah. I, I feel like the world would be such a better place if we all we're working on our perceptual intelligence. It's part of that perseverance because we have to. Yeah. You know, the world doesn't revolve around me. Right. You know, as much as I wanted it to in my 18, you know, my teenage years, my 20s, my 30s, you know, I'm stuck with me every day. And and that's not a bad thing because I actually really enjoy me now. I really like who I am. Um, but with that, I need to recognize that there are 7.2 billion people on this earth. What makes me better? or less than any of them, you know? And so uh, that's something I've really had to also just think about, you know, uh, um, meditate on Mm -hmm. because the people around me, my friends, my children, uh, you know, those who I'm, I'm close to, they matter. They're important. I want them to win too. And I don't want my abnormal coping skills or my response to a situation to have an impact that they're having to deal with 30 years down the road. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's about finding those healthy coping skills. It's about encouragement. It's about showing people and being through your actions, representing, you know, the ability for me to persevere. Um, and, and also being willing to genuinely say sorry and, 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 and apologize for your missteps, but more importantly, forgive those who misstepped against you. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. really good. Um, I'm going to turn, turn the page a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, because I mean, this is just, it's, it's deep really good stuff. And I I know for a fact that a lot of what you're talking about for men, especially when you talk about trigger and responding with words and anger and perseverance, these are the things that we all think we're living in isolation. We all think that we're no one else is experiencing the same way as we are, but we are all experiencing it on some level. And I've, I've noticed that the more I've done work with men, the more I've noticed that anger and triggers are such a big part of life. So I'm really glad we covered that. Um, I've been sitting here or standing here the whole time on this interview 
and doing everything I can not to bring this bag that's sitting in front of me up to my face. Uh, I yeah. absolutely am addicted to coffee. Like the, yeah. I love coffee, but the smell of coffee does something ex- extraordinary for me. And, and I've had a lot of coffee across my desk. And I just received this in the mail. This is Bone Frog, and this one, this is the medium roast. I have three other roasts back there, but uh, we're going to be giving them away by by the way. So if you like coffee, you need to pay attention to my stuff. Um, so you work for Bone Frog Co- Coffee, and Tim, the founder, twenty five year Navy SEAL, um, and then kind of put together this mission. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that because I'd be remiss to let that go because the more I dug into it, I mean, I actually. Hey, I, disclosure, I had to go look and say, what does bone frog even mean? Yeah. And so um, I, I did that. And then I started watching the videos on the site and obviously have some coffee here that I can't wait to try. So let's talk a little bit about that because I want men to understand the bigger meaning other than just really great coffee, because he did do a yeah. lot of work to make sure the coffee sourced and the best quality possible. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, bone frog it's those who it's it's the navy seals that sacrificed everything for us uh it's 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 a sacrifice that i've seen firsthand uh flying support over them it's a sacrifice that that are some of the harder memories um because they gave everything so that myself my children my friends can have a better tomorrow than today and and they believed with all their heart in what the flag represented um and so when tim was up there at his retirement ceremony uh you know he's looking across the the crowd and he's seeing empty seats he's seeing friends that should be there that aren't and he decided that you know at that moment he had to do something to to keep their legacy to keep their their stories alive and uh he came up with this incredible idea uh to create a company that inspired conversation and it inspired perseverance it inspired people to become something better and to do that you know he wanted to really he wanted to capture the stories of those who sacrificed everything because we wouldn't have the opportunity today that we have if they weren't willing to do what they were willing to do and so Bonefrog Coffee, you know, to honor the best, we had to partner with the best. We partnered with uh, Dave Stewart, the founder of uh, uh, Seattle's Best, um, the one that really gave uh, Howard Schultz a run for his money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came out of retirement to help us because wow. our mission is to honor the fallen by living our best life but not forgetting their sacrifice and their stories as we strive to become a better person, a better community, a better country. And it's the one thing where Tim and I both agree, we can unify, you know, communities. If we just come to the, to, to the the determination that we're going to be better tomorrow today than we are yesterday, because we want to honor the fallen with everything we do. We want to, make sure that their sacrifice wasn't in vain. And so the best way to do that is through conversation. The best way to do that is through, through linking arms with those who are struggling and, and helping them, you know, take that next step forward and not just, you know, one step, but being there for the fight 
just like uh, our brothers in arms who sacrificed everything are still there for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a deep mission. It's it's something that you know. I'm so thankful to be a part of this team. I'm so thankful to be a part of this this message because this is where I see us, you know, and a lot of things I said before actually coming to to fruition because we're taking those steps we're we're pushing we're driving we're 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 living a life that that we talk about and um and we're doing it the best we can and each day we learn each day we become better each day you know we take that next stride and so bone frog coffee is something so much more than coffee to me it's it's something where you're starting your day off recognizing the sacrifice that it took for you to have the opportunity today. You're starting your day off with a great cup of coffee that's going to give you the energy, you know, and and at least I hope it does, you know, to to take those next steps forward. Um, you're starting your day off, you know, with a victory. And so I want each and every one of our consumers to live their dream to become something bigger than they ever could imagine to 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 shoot for those shoot for the stars and you know but just to remember the sacrifice that it took to create the foundation for them to be able to do that that's incredible and that's that's what i kind of gleaned doing my research i mean even tim said you know we want to have conversations and what do you do when you have a conversation you sit down and have a cup of coffee it's just such yeah. a beautiful marriage right that is and of, and of course in the pacific northwest where you know coffee's kind of started <laughs> the big you know um you know just the i don't know if it was the revolution or the change of how coffee was seen but i think the revolution would be a good way i mean they, you know, Howard Schultz and, and, and Dave Stewart really, you know, if you if you really look at the history of coffee, they're the ones who brought oh, yeah. coffee to the world oh, in yeah. the way we drink it today. And so um, it's really humbling to be able to uh, have a person like uh, like Dave see the mission, believe in the mission and, and, and say, OK, let's do this because, you know, America is amazing. I mean, just to be here with all the challenges we're facing, with everything that we're 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 dealing with, we are still such an incredible place. Mm-hmm. And the goal is is let's make tomorrow better than today. Let's take those steps forward. And and, and that's what we're doing. And we're the land of opportunity. You know, it's where a kid who barely graduated high school joins the military and becomes an Apache pilot who, who who's challenged beyond challenged once he loses his helicopter, but can go to school, get his degree in, in marketing and entrepreneurship can, can work with, you know, and then work with an incredible company, bone frog coffee and, and learn how to, to, you know, take steps forward in, in the, the direct to consumer market in the wholesale and, and learn these different skills and these different traits. And I can also, you know, I, I'm working with a couple biotech companies just as on the side, you know, learning what they're doing. And I can continue to strive forward because, you know, my ultimate dream, what am I shooting for the stars? Like if I had my ultimate, ultimate dream right now, I would define it as I would love to eradicate heart attacks 
and strokes. And there's a way to do it. And so I'm, I'm doing my research in those things. And because I want us to, you know, completely get rid of that uh, uh, vascular plaque that's hardening our arteries. Now, that's a challenge. That, that's, that's a mind-blowing challenge. But it's possible. Somebody There's a way. Started. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, change starts with a dream. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and as I say, you know, we're already on Mars. So who's going to take us to Andromeda? <laughs> you know? That's and nice. I'm looking forward to that journey. Yeah. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, absolute. Uh, just love your mission, love your vision, love your passion and purpose. Uh, and just thank your you. Perseverance. I mean, you live it and you're sharing it. And that means a ton to me. Um, we, I'm looking forward to more. I'm <laughs> so excited that Bone Frog is you know, locked arms with uh, brotherhood to, to just in this small, but very meaningful event, you know, start something. And that's, yeah. that's incredibly, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed. And so um, with that, I want to thank you for being a guest. I will put all the ways that people, one, they need to buy some bone frog coffee. Uh, they you. need to be a part of that. So we'll, we'll put the links in the, in the comments. Um, but thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, anybody who's going through it, hey, you know, look me up, reach out uh, because I want you to succeed. Um, Be a part of this, you know, community. I'll I'll tell you what, Scott, what you're doing, what you're saying. These are the types of things that we've got to keep doing because what you're what you're doing is the impact I'm talking about. And when, you know, I'm going to a, uh, a group, a guy's group that I uh, meets over in Issaquah this afternoon where we, we, it's called Holy Smokes. We, we have some wine, we, we smoke some cigars, but it's that same thing. And we're having the real conversations yeah. and we're, we're in this together and, and to hear what you're doing, you know, I want to go on the rock march, to be honest with you. That's where perseverance begins is when you do something you don't think you can do. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it. And, and it started with the rock march where my dad, you know, told me that quote. And, and so I challenge people, you know, put a backpack on, see what you can do, because you know what, the more you learn how to persevere, the more confidence you're going to have in yourself, which then you're going to start to realize that's where hope resides. And so when that next challenge phase or you, you, you get hit with that next challenge, then you'll realize, Hey, I have what it takes to persevere through this. Absolutely. And that's what I'll do when, when I'm feeling ex- especially challenged, I'll yeah. add more weight to my ruck, my ruck pack yeah. and just go and be like, if I can get through that, especially in Texas heat above hundred degrees, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Texas heat. I, I used to live in Texas. Texas okay. heat is, is, is a melter. And, and for you to be able to do that, oh, again, you can, you can do anything. Probably dangerous, but again joe thank you very much listeners thank you so much man this thing is jam-packed make sure you go listen again but here's here's a suggestion from me go pick this up on youtube we don't have a lot big youtube following go pick this up on youtube because uh joe's background is actually a picture he took i believe from apache in apache over afghanistan and it's phenomenal yeah. You'll catch that in the interview. I've been staring at it the entire time. It's been entrancing, yeah. and I'm sure there's so many stories and amazing yeah. things. But um, again, thanks, thank you, Joe, and thank you for the listeners. 
I'll see some of you at the big event, Montana in September. The rest of you keep your, uh, your ears tuned. We're doing more. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.